Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotler. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the uh, um, technical goodies. Radio hotler. Hot, 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 hot. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to Radio Hot Lap, episode 186, that light-hearted and zany podcast that takes a look at the world of motor racing, cool emerging technologies, gadgets and barbecues. And JP, I think I managed to get that right for the first time for, for quite a few episodes. Well, so do I, Johnny, and you got straight into it. We didn't have any preamble. No. The viewers will be wondering what the hell's going on. No, well, we can't be listening to the right show, they'll be thinking. No, no, I just thought I could cut the preamble out, but I thought it would be well, good. light-hearted preamble. Dogs. Hello, Rusty Sausage. She's, she's got up there on on her <laughs> evening throne. Oh, a throne is exactly <laughs> the right word there with her. The Audrey Hepburn throne. Have a go at it. Oh, it's terrible. Absolutely. Such a tough life. With the, uh, with the uh, army armadillo that's come back from um, Colorado. She loves that. Colorado armadillo. Sounds like a sort of highfalutin double barrel name, doesn't it? Mate, what are you having to drink tonight? I've got the uh, the dreaded, um, what could I find? Han Super Dry 3.5, premium, low carb, low alcohol. Well, you are the, the absolute, like, god of low alcohol beers. Well, I uh, have to be because I've got to drive home. No, that's good, but you, you'd certainly research them all. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that one before. The brown label's a little bit well, brown, it's, it's slightly gold. It's supposed to be sort of orangey, I I think, but you know, and it's the Han Super Dry, the regular full strength Han Super Dry, they've just made a light version of it. So, what? one standard drink. Alright, oh, is that nice? 0.9 of a standard drink. There you go. What, what percentage is considered low alcohol? Because I've seen from 2.8 through to 4.2, that's a 3.5, it's about halfway yeah. in between. I reckon 3.5 and lower is about what you class as low alcohol. They don't, don't taste so good, do they? They don't. No. You get fed up. I don't drink beer anymore. Although I drank a bit over in the state, but it was all low alcohol. Yet, yeah, it was. Well, except. But see, they, the thing, the thing with the states though is that they signify, like they say, cause light for argument's sake. Um, and oh, what's the other one that's got all the ads? You know, Bud Light or whatever, <laughs> um, with all the silly ads that you see on YouTube. But their light beer isn't necessarily low alcohol beer. It's oh, just so light like carb beer. Yeah, it's about That's not right. making you fat. Yeah. So, so they're they're actually got stronger beers, um, but they're just low carb. Now we've sort of gone down the low carb path over here, but our beers, well, we've got low carb beers that are. Still the Americans' problem is that their meals are just so massive, <laughs> and and I suppose that it's. It's, it's a problem because all the restaurants compete with each other or, or the, the, the TGI Fridays or the Applebee's or the, or the whoever the little inn that you go to. They look like nothing on the outside because you can't actually sit outside very often in America and actually right. enjoy a beer. Yeah. Only tiny little uh, counties allow you to do that. You've got to go inside where you go, wow, this is really cool. Um, certainly in winter, that's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. so uh, foreign to us as Australians because we, we love to <laughs> sit outside and lounge <laughs> exactly. around. But then you go to wine areas and you do, it, there, there's some weird stuff going on there. So I think that they really need to look at their, at their, at their menus. 
mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah. But you see, they quality, don't have not quantity. They don't have the outside eating culture like we've adopted from the Europeans because because we've got such a high percentage of European settlers, and you know, so we've adopted that way, and we've got the weather, so we sit outside. Um, they tend not to have those Europeans, you know. Like I mean, let's face it, most of the bloody uh, Yanks are descended from Irishmen and Scotsmen anyway. And uh, they definitely don't sit outside because it's too effing cold. And, and you know, the, the, the staff that is delivering the food to you, you know, they're, they're, they're service-oriented. You know, they want to get their tips. So they're, they're sort of pushing it. Yeah. It's just too doesn't much. work. We've talked about this before, but yeah, it's we just have. like, how the hell do you get this, this balance between mm-hmm. here and Australia where no one gives a fuck about anything? <laughs> you know, and over there where they're going, hang hey, right. You look like, like mm. the water's fine. It came from the tap. <laughs> you know, like, and there's definitely none of that um, upgrade stuff. Like, oh, would you like, you know, A, B, C, D, or E quality water? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Would you like the fizzy stuff in the special bottles that's fully imported? And what are you drinking anyway? Tonight, this evening, I'm having a uh, a glass of the uh, the Kunawara, the magician, magician or musician, the ma- magician, musician. It says no. It's ma- the magician. You can't read anything properly. <laughs> Get out of here. It's a musician. It's, it's even got notes on the... Well, it's supposed to be yeah, like notes it's where it's the year is. C-notes used to be the magician. Right, okay. Musician. Right. So someone's waved a magic wand and turned into a musician. Cab Shiraz. Cab Shiraz. Coonawarra. Looks quite pleasant. The old Mew. Something or other. <laughs> I wonder what you were going to come up with then. So, Johnny, you went over to um, Melbourne on the weekend and uh, hung around with uh, the Zed Man and, uh, and Mick and all the rest of the crew over there. How'd that go? I really enjoyed the trip over, JP. It was nice to drive over. In fact, it was a bit of a contra deal because, you know, get paid to do the PR stuff. But on the other hand, I needed uh, a little bit of um, a damage uh, control on the the, four, the Forester. All the four corners were a little bit messy, so they needed to be tuned up uh, for sale. Don't need the Forester anymore now that we've got the Focus. So two cars, what do yeah, we need? All that. Although yeah, I, exactly. I, I don't know what the dog's going to be doing because <laughs> the dog is, is definitely with its red hair not allowed on black Recaros. No, it's true. But then she's got the bag. Yeah. You'll yeah. just have to get the bag recovered with yeah, yeah, yeah. black velour. Yeah, so, mm, let me tell you, you need to sweep up around the house here this once a week and you'll just see how much red hair that comes. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it just floats around in the night. But it was a really good, it was a really good week, um, weekend going over there. I had a great Japanese meal with Marcus on the, on the Thursday night before we uh, floated up there. Uh, very, very early on the Friday morning. Terrible weather. Off to Winton. To Winton, yes. Yeah. Terrible, terrible weather. Um, he wasn't very happy about uh, wanting to get in the car at um, at nine o'clock um, at, uh, for the first practice of the Commodore Cup, which he was leading the championship, co-driving with uh, Jared McLeod, Peter McLeod's uh, son, yeah. um, who uh, from uh, well known, or maybe not for those let's uh, rewind Ruan viewers, uh, uh, Jared McLeod, the brother of uh, of uh, Ryan McLeod of Racer Industries. Uh, uh, fame, if uh, if you call it fame, uh, running that business. Uh, the, the their father, Peter McLeod from Wollongong, was the driver of the Slick Fifty RX Seven, a Group C peripheral port thirteen B Mazda that went right up against Alan Moffat in the in Group C racing towards the end of 
Group C racing, 83 and 84. Yep. Didn't win, but was very, very strong contender. I think Peter went on to do a little bit more, and it still does a little bit here and there. Great guy, and, and, and it's funny because his kids look like Peter. The three of them, interestingly enough, have now share not only the family name, but a love of old Citroens. Oh, no! That's very unusual. And, you know, I, there's something weird about Citroens, J.P. Well, there there's lots of things that are weird about Citroens. But I reckon they're sort of cool because they're oh, weird. Well, yeah, I think these days they're cool. The old 2400 DX Palace. Yes. Or whatever it was. It's yes. with, with Turn on the ignition and watch, all the, watch the thing rise up off the ground. I love a bit of spat. They were clever cars. And we'll have to, if anyone, any of the viewers know anything about Citroes, which I'm sure there are, yeah. um, well, we'd love to hear them. So um, you can send that into um, JP. Oh, yeah, thanks. At radiohotlap.com because <laughs> it'll be easier. Become the other Citroen. No, no, you can beat that. Because my ex wife bought a Citroen. Because she's a great lover of a friend. Oh, that'll be her. No, this is time for the. Um, there you go. Time for us to turn the meat down. Viewers, we've got a deluxe, and I have to say, deluxe bit a leg of lamb. Johnny's got half a leg of lamb um, in the oven, and uh, we've had it on flat chat for about the last twenty odd minutes, and I'm just turning it down now. So uh, that should be able to sit there now for another hour and a bit and uh, should be superb. To be fair, viewers, I, uh, I rang JP and I said, well, what would you like for dinner? And he said, look, uh, uh, what roast would you like? And he went, lamb. I said, well, next option, beef. <laughs> and I went up and I at our favourite meat shop and, and there wasn't anything good there. Not a supermarket, but like a special meat meatorium called Feast. Um, but they had this milk-fed lamb, and I, I stood, I honestly, I stood back there for about ten minutes, going, trying to get my head around it, and um, that's about uh, twenty-six dollars or something like that. But yeah. I thought, well, it's my turn to take for dinner, yep. so we either go out and cost me more, yep. but but or do we have we a have, have a meal nice in it? And, and I went, I just, I just lamb doesn't work right for me, JP. So I'm really keen. Uh, to see how this lamb comes out because uh, you, you, you know lamb and you, you know how to put the little bits to, together. Yeah, we've got fresh rosemary it's, from it's, the garden. It's, it's, the, it's, the, the, it's the, the, the texture of lamb. I, I think I don't know how to cut it right. Right, okay. So, well, when you cut a leg of lamb, you cut across the leg. So, like, well, if the leg bone's running left to right, you're actually cutting vertically across the, the, the top of it, effectively, at 90 degrees to the bone. And what's the leg bone connected to? <laughs> Is it the thigh bone? Um, oh, <laughs> or in the lamb's case, the saddle. <laughs> the back saddle. Um, so, yeah, so the lamb should be absolutely smelling good already. The, um, the rosemary's starting to... Uh, I'm not going to blame you if it doesn't come right, but I'll just go, I did give it to you. Got garlic out of the box, there. and you go, got some, um, some very nice uh, organic-y looking... Yep. Wouldn't you reckon? Carotters. Yep, carotters. Um, best you can get. And garlic. Yes, fresh garlic That's in there. It's on. So uh, it's not on your head, but it, you're you're in charge of that. Okay, right. But uh, yeah, going back to the yep. weekend up there at um, uh, at Wynn. Great weekend. So yeah, pretty crappy. Um, pretty crappy Friday uh, weather. Uh, Marcus went out in the uh, in the first session and. and, and and there's fairly ordinary times, but who was going to be doing that? Had a brand new 253cc engine, 
which is a 4.2 litre engine. Right. Now, you know, people go, how? The, the old 4.2? Mm, exactly. Let me tell you, with engine management systems today, these things are making 350 horsepower Jeez. and they'll run to 7,000 RPM all day long. Jared McLeod got in a little bit later, did a better time. Marcus got in, did a little bit better. Um, so, when they came to qualify the next morning, Marcus qualified uh, second and, 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 and Jared uh, about seventh or eighth. Right. And so, is that an aggregate, let me get the aggregate group position? Yeah, it was the aggregate position right. is that they basically started fourth on the grid. Yep. Now, th- what was interesting um, was that um, there was a, quite a bit of angst going on there at that event. And I, I was sort of, I'm coming into it, I mean, I haven't done a, a Commodore Cup race with the guys. Um, this year, nor, nor have I been to any of that sort of stuff. Yeah. This is a sort of float around, and, and you know, it's a supercar driver with limited test drive, test days. You you want to you want to drive a car as much as you can. So um, I was a bit surprised to find out that um, there'd been a huge drama coming out of uh, the Bathurst Easter races. Right. And I said, well, what's going on? Said, well, um, a coming together on the first turn, Hill Corner at Bathurst between Ryan McLeod and Tony Bates was such that Tony Bates had ended up in hospital okay. um, with uh, uh, damaged ears and this and that and, and was unsuitable to drive for the rest of the weekend. It was, it was actually quite ba- quite quite, mm, quite, Ill. quite Um I looked at the in-car video from, uh, from Marcus and Ryan's car and it clearly showed to me that, that Ryan held his line and he didn't change. And I, I would suggest, without blaming Tony Bates in any way, yeah. he, he, he had he'd gone for a gap that didn't exist. It got, turned, it got turned across the car and slammed into the sidewall. Right. There, pretty much destroying the car and, and hurting Tony quite severely. But further investigation reveals that he actually had a sliding mechanism on the seat, which would be completely illegal, and now a fast change for different size passengers in the car. Right. Well, it came loose and that was why he was injured. Look, I'm only hearing it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. Don't ring me up. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, but I don't care if you do. <laughs> the story is, that's what, that's what went on. But there's a lot of angst going on there, and so as they went to uh, as they went to uh, the Winton round, there was a lot of friendliness going on. Well, you know, Ryan didn't, Ryan didn't send a, a postcard saying it would get well. So be it, whatever. Yeah. Maybe he didn't know. Mm. Who knows? First race, Ryan started second lap in, tagged the back of Bates's car, pulled the bumper off. Bates apparently missed a gear change coming out of turn 10 going down towards Marcus's corner where he'd had the horrendous accident a couple yep. of years in the yep. supercar and drove, dove, to, dove to the inside, came down and maybe Bates made a mistake too but ended up tagging him, damaging severely his front left, um, spinning uh, uh, Gerard off into the, into the bushes who re, re, um, regained track position and down Tony Bates not so lucky car pretty heavily damaged was out for the end of the race and sort of <coughs> retired it after coming through at the end at the end of the straight uh, turn one 
in front of the crowd, sort of, you know, so there's uh-huh. mixed emotions there, there yeah, were lots of booze and cheers and whatever and so on like that. But um, there was, you know, I mean, we're not, sh- we're not racing for sheep stations, Jack, no, you're right. there, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you wouldn't mm. think so. So there was all sorts of weirdness, weirdness going on there. Mm. So, uh, so what was the outcome? How did they go in the race? I mean, was the rest of the weekend okay after well, well, after well, that? Well, was well, well let me tell you that, you know, on Friday night they enjoyed the most beautiful coriander chicken roast with bungle bungle potatoes. And Marcus said, "I don't like coriander." Well, and Mick said, "I don't want anything elaborate." Which to which Marcus said. Johnny's not doing anything fancy. It'll just be a little bit schmancy. <laughs> and who came back and said to me, Hardy, that was the best chicken I've ever eaten and it didn't taste a tiny bit of coriander. I'm over coriander. Right. So that translated into a good result on the Sunday. Ah, okay. Winning result on Sunday? Well... The car seemed to um, have a bit of a, a, a problem with the, 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 the lambda sensors were, were such that they were showing different different amounts of data. Like the Commodore Cup cars don't do telemetry, but you can right. plug in and you get lots of data out of these things because they're running MoTeX systems. Yep, sure. So you can analyse the data. And we had a couple of uh, uh, clever people up there. Andrew, uh, an electronics engineer, just joined the team, data acquisition guy. He was very cool um, and wanted to analyse all the stuff. Nice bloke. Um, and he went, look, we're getting different Lambda data coming out of these things. I said, hey, swap the two sensors around. Yep. He goes, that's a good idea. Don't know whether they did. I didn't hear what happened. But at the end of the weekend, um, I, I would suggest that the car wasn't running as well as it had been in the cold weather. It's a bit hard to say, but um, Marcus started the, fourth, the, the, uh, the, the, the race on, on, on Sat- Sunday. And... Um, he finished it. <laughs> in A position. In A position. Yeah. That's right. Because <laughs> you were obviously taking a lot of notice. But I was, <laughs> not busy, about I was busy doing other things. <laughs> I'll get back to it in a minute, JP. And you were like, flicking through the channels. So, did you, watch, did you sit and watch the Formula no, One on Sunday night? If, if people want to know about what went on, they'd go to Natsoft. Trade read auto action, right. speed cafe, or, or, or other forms of communication. Quite correct. We we're not here to give them explicit, exacting data. Intricate description. Here to give them the rational from the heart in, hard information. Right. Well, from the heart. And you know, considering I've had a couple of glasses of musician. Magician. Oh, we're back to musician again M- now. M- musician. It's no longer a magician. Magicians. Magician. Musician. I can't so, hold responsible. So did you watch... Nor can I be responsible. <laughs> did you watch the European Grand Prix? Grand it's just... Grand Prix. Let's just finish off. Not. So, Are you going to... So, oh, so you want to go back off, to it now? They finished off, finished off the, the Commodore Cup Championship in fourth position. It would have been fifth, but a very blatant move by... Actually, this is quite funny. Because uh, Steve Owen was, was, was in with Jeff Emery. Jeff, right. who had partnered uh, Marcus yes. um, in the uh, Greg Murphy Racing uh, mm. uh, wildcard last year, yes. last year for Phillip Island and Bathurst, and yep. both guys good steerers. Um, 
managed to shunt uh, uh, Adebichi on pretty much the last lap, uh, <laughs> unnecessarily so, to um, receive a, a, a pit drive through penalty of 32 right. seconds, which, which pushed him down, elevating markers up one position. So they finished in fourth place, moving down from first in the championship to third, but only by a few points, so it's still all good oh. going on there. But it, it was really interesting to watch that at the dummy grid when they all finished the end of the race and, and, and Adam Beachy got out of the car and Steve Allen got out of the car and he goes, Adam goes, mate, hey, if you put his hand out, he goes, hey, I want to shake your hand, mate, you're a legend, you're a fucking, you're a fucking legend, mate, why did you have to go and do that? And Steve Allen just walked off with his helmet on yeah. and walked down there and didn't have enough. Anything to do with anyone? I mean, hello, <laughs> racing for <laughs> sheep stations, <laughs> and it, it was it was a very tossy behaviour, right, from Steve Allen. Yeah. But having said that, everyone everyone has a right to reply. But I saw what went on. Um, I'm making a call on it. Hey, keep doing. Yeah, well. Gives us something to talk about, doesn't it, JP? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, and then we all went off and had a great dinner. Uh, for Marcus's birthday, it was his yes, 31st his birthday, on, uh, on uh, Sunday. Yep. And uh, it was extremely salty. Salty? The quail. The quail. Oh, yeah, very quail. <laughs> very good. Very nice. I see. So did you watch the Formula One on Sunday night? Well, yes, we went back to the luxurious place we had. It was, yeah? It was, it was out past uh, uh, Milawa. Oh, yeah. Brown Brothers. Miller? Brown Brothers. Miller? Miller. It was gorgeous. And I yeah. stayed there for Zakanovic Towers, mm -hmm. King Valley Estate. King Valley? Woohoo! No less. Say no more. Yes. Mm. Um, so you did, and watch, we did watch We did watch it. And were you bored? Fireplaces. Fireplaces, and I, because there were several. Well, then you would have fallen asleep then with all that with all the fires burning. Uh. No. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> I'm glad I nodded off a couple of times, I can tell you. In front of the fireplaces? No, no, I didn't even need fireplaces. Mind you, I had been out to um, Lady's sister's birthday in the afternoon for a barbecue, so I was ticking by the time I got home. So staying awake for the Grand Prix was a little bit of an effort. But uh, apart from... Um, apart from another great drive by Vettel... Um, and, you know, I, I, you don't need to cover the Weber angle because he's already bitched and moaned about himself to everybody and how he made a mistake and pitted too early or too late or whatever. Um, it was, I thought it was actually probably one of the most boring races of the year so far, which was a little bit disappointing considering where we've been at up until now. But, uh, yeah, I, just, I don't know. But certainly, um, as far as Vettel's concerned and the championship's concerned, um, he's rocking it now. And I don't know whether anybody's going to uh, pull him back. Well, at the same time as we were uh, over there in Winton, the uh, Nürburgring 24-hour yes. went on. And, and I have to say, it, it's a little... The website these guys provide is just it's absolutely woeful. You just can't... You can't unless you're German or you've, you've got an inside theme what's going on it's just friggin terrible having been to the event last year I mean it was it was a bit of an eye-opener about just 
how dense it was, how many cars fit in a pits and just it's crazy. So two hundred and nine cars started the event this year. Which is and, uh, and and Alan Solomonson and then Dominic Farnbarker uh, uh, joined up with Marco Seafried and Jamie Mello managed to get the car onto pole. Alan was lucky to get there because he was unable to get out of um, uh, Nice for, for really bad weather from the flights coming out of Frankfurt to pick him up. But he managed to get there. Nonetheless, they did start from pole. Alan started the race and he started on uh, intermediate tyres that uh, Hancock had provided him. They perhaps, whilst Whilst up until now they had been the most perfect tyre to run on the Nürburgring Grand Prix circuit because right. the, the, the surface changes, JP, when you start to go off to the Neutschweiff. Yep. As you can imagine, if you're going to run Formula One cars around Nürburgring, the, 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 the thing is different. And he needed to use those tyres um, in, in the adverse condition. Everyone else is starting on wets. He got a little bit swamped, lost a few places, but managed to, to, to gain a few back. Only to be sort of confronted by a couple of people that were you know, racing for the number one slow position, <laughs> you know, like, and, and he pretty much tippy toed around them, brought the car in, uh, in a, in a strong position. Jamie Mello went out in the second stint, and and credit where credit's due, felt something was wrong with the car, and brought it in, um, still in the lead. Right. A, an A-arm was broken, a mm -hmm. weld was broken in the A-arm and it was like, flex it was flexing. Had he stayed out, the car would, would have broken. Would seriously have been damaged or stuck in the middle of nowhere and that would have been it. It took an hour or so to get this, the weld component, or maybe not it was an A-arm, but some other component, right. get that fixed. They dropped down to uh, 27th or 28th, sure. uh, but managed to get themselves back up to finish in eighth place. Which, is, um, which also won the SP8 class with Ferrari. It's the only Ferrari in the in, in the in, in the race. So a little bit a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Um, Dominic Farmarker also setting the fastest time in oh, the that's event. Good. So very very good for Dominic. And and I can tell you today, and no one else will know this yet, that Dominic and Alan have been signed up today by Marinello Motorsport to come to do the 12 hour oh, next terrific. year. Um, uh, thanks to one of Nico Halloran's cars, no doubt, uh, yep. and probably a 458 uh, GT3. Very, very good. And um, had a long chat with, uh, with, with, with Mark Coffey today, and obviously that's um, uh, it's a big plus. A really, really, it's really great for Australian, uh, yeah. Australian sport because we're seeing this transfer of European skills coming out here. Great guy, should be fun. So um, well, that'll be good. Something to look forward, forward to. to that. Definitely. So yeah, there we are. Very good. Oh, uh, after after the uh, what? Something in the oven? No, she's right. After um uh, after the weekend of Commonwealth Cup, we actually did a test day with uh, with the Fujitsu V8 Supercar. So oh right, at, at Winton. Yes, yeah. correct. We had we had that was a nominated test day for Marcus. Right. He was there. Brought his car out. Uh, Les Small was the engineer. Came on and and, and he actually went uh, forward in all sorts of. Um, in all sorts of um, uh, positive steps, and um, who else was testing? Taz Douglas. Yep. Uh, in Fujitsu, uh, uh, Rodney Jane and Jack Perkins in the uh, uh, Sonic cars with uh, with <laughs> someone's after you. Sonic cars with um, with with uh, Team Art Branding. Uh, 
David Russell and um, uh, I'll come in a minute. Uh, but there were six Fujitsu yeah. cars testing, and FBR was testing there with uh, Winterbottom and um, uh, Will Davison and Paul Dumbrell. I saw uh, I saw uh, Dean Cannon flatten around. That was a bit. I didn't see Steve Richards or the no. other drivers. Uh, oh, no, 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 I did. I saw the. Uh, uh, no, yeah. it was all. It was a very good day. Really interesting. It was really nice to go to win. It was just beautiful weather, a few supercars running around, everyone was super relaxed and, and that's, that's all cool. So I think that's, well, uh, uh, Marcus is, 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 is very comfortable in the car. It's hard for these guys, they're 10 weeks apart between mm. like one V8 supercar race and the next and then they've got to go to a street circuit. So. Well I see Dean Canto's actually got, a, uh, got the wildcard drive for uh, the Utes uh, in the next round. So, which would be the first competitive drive he's had all year. Well, so, I, I would imagine you're going to see all sorts of stuff going on there now that uh, in, in the last couple of weeks that Tony Quinn has taken ownership of the GT Championship yes. away from uh, uh, Rachel and Martin Wag and, yep. um, and, and appointed Bill and, uh, and, yep. and Craig Denny. Craig. Bill, Bill yep. and Craig Denny from Sparex, who are, really are, are good operators at, 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 at category management to do that. Well, hey! There's no, there's no two, two ways about it. Mm. Bill and Craig, we've had our own differences, which is mine's over the years, you know. Long time. You know, we're not doing, we're not doing Christmas dinner together, but nonetheless, the guys have to be applauded for their persistency to be able oh, to deliver a really good category. Yeah. So I think that we're going to see with Tony Quinn there at the helm pushing them, that finally we're going GT's to see Australia's genuine GT3 cars come yes. down here, and perhaps that is evident by Alan and Dominic now coming down here to be part of the, the, of the, of the gig. I'll be interested to go, who's the third driver? I don't know what the, if there's a yeah. third driver or what the driver combo is, but uh, should mm. be. That should be excellent. That's, that's a good uh, good thing to be happening, that's for sure. So uh, you're just buzzing away. Now listen, I've got, a, I've got a pretty special little thing here. I'll tell you a story, because you know when I go, down to my newspaper clients in the southeast and open supermarkets. Well, I've also got a very good client, the York Peninsula Country Times. And the guys over there have been long, long-term clients and the newspaper's really good and they come down for the clips all every year and blah, blah, blah. And there's an old guy there known as Gilly, you know, a good Aussie name. Dennis Gill, AKA Gilly. Now, Gilly and I go back right to when I first started. Is that Gillum? No, not Gillen, just Gilly. Um, what was that one? Like like Bridge Bernuda? Yep. What was that one? Was it the like Bridge Bernuda? Like Bridge Bernuda. Anyway. Absolutely. Gilly used to actually work at York Peninsula Country Times with Mark David's old man, because he was a typesetter there as well back in the day. Anyway, Dennis is probably, I think now, around about... 68 or something like that he's past retirement age but he goes in a couple of days a week and does a bit of setting of ads for them and then he looks after their car fleet which is like the van and a couple of company cars and whatnot, and he makes them cleans them and preps them all takes them to the servo blah 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 and he's always been a car nut and ever since I've been going up there we always talk cars when I'm there he's got a BMW and an old MGB and one thing or another anyway we were chatting about this that 
And he said, you know what? He said, I've, I've just discovered this great big pile of magazines that go back to the 60s. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, I wouldn't mind seeing some of those because I didn't get out here till 77. So I've never seen any of the really old stuff like motor and wheels and whatnot from back in those days. And he said, and I'm going back up there next week. So he said, well, you're coming back in a few weeks. When I go home for lunch, I'll grab a few for you. So he brought me back this little pile of, and they're all, you know, like a lot of them are not got covers on anymore. Oh, my uh, God. And they're all... Where did you like get those from? Browned out paper. But we've got here, I bought two because I thought it was very appropriate. Yeah, cool are they? And they are. There is the Australian Auto Sportsman. And believe it or not, I've got to scan some of these. The coverage of the first Armstrong 500 to be held at Bathurst is in there. Oh. Yeah. Have a go at that Cortina. Yeah, absolutely. The wheel. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's obviously yeah. trying to dry itself off. It is. But it's just absolutely... And there's some, just some fantastic stuff in there. And, you know, the beaches and... Gigans and they're all in there. Just some top shots. I mean, everything's black and white, of course. I'd love and to so see was, how it's red because uh, the stories yeah, that they say they're sensational. And so that was good. And then Jeez, this one, Bob Janey's looking a bit of a youngster. I know, doesn't he? Well, that's, I reckon that's the photo that they used to do his tyres um, promotion when well, he was. Well, no, he's not smiling. You know, the most of well, Photoshop. Anyway, and then the other one I bought with me today... AV Wreckers. Look at that. Three branches. <laughs> if we haven't got what you want, we'll find it for you. Yeah, don't you love it? Look. Phone. H&M Firth. That wouldn't be Harry, would it? It probably is. I reckon it is too. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. cool. It's though. pretty amazing. And then this one here is September 1963. Sorry. Go on. No, go. September 1963, Volume 9, Number 3, American Car and Driver Magazine. And this just happens to have coverage of that year's Le Mans with the Mercedes um, air brake on the um, turbine cars that we were talking about with Fogues last week. And there's all this other stuff in here, which is just truly incredible. <laughs> so you've got coverage in one magazine of the very first Armstrong 500 to be held at Bathurst. And then we've got Dutch Grand Prix with Jimmy Clark winning flag to flag. Oh, wow. Look at the Sony Micro TV. Yeah, well. Receive all channels. Look at that. I love that aerial. <laughs> That's pretty specky, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know, the irony of it is that these things would be worth... 100x of what anything would be worth today. Absolutely. So I just thought these were just, you know, they're just great. They've got so whilst, much stuff in. Whilst you're at it, and I'll have to be very careful with these magazines, um, did you realise that there's actually a, uh, a for sale, a two litre Cooper Climax? Is that right? With spares, um, it's for a, a, a mere £1,550. Oh, only £1,550. Yeah, um, pounds. It, it is. This car is easily increased to two. Point one and what are you one and a half litres. Just <laughs> overhaul new pistons, valves, big end main. Oh man, this is cool. Of the thirteen cars that finished, one was the Rover Turbine. Most of the rest were built by Ferrari. There you go, nineteen sixty three Le Mans. Unbelievable. It's great stuff. So I'd like to thank Dennis for that. And of course I've got to uh, rapidly read and do a bit of scanning and then uh, get them back to him next week. <laughs> Let's get that. That's tech time. <laughs> yeah, that is tech time. It's amazing, isn't it? So, yeah, so that was pretty cool, I thought. Okay, so moving on, um, what else has happened? Interestingly, Pikes Peak, well, for the um, for the sixth year in a row, um, Monster 
Monster Nakajima or Nobuhiro Monster Nobuhiro Nakajima, yes, who is now sixty years old, has um, has won outright, but for the first time, right? for the first time, broken the te- no one has ever broken the ten meter, the ten minute, ten meter, yep. ten, ten minute, yeah. Uh, a barrier up there, driving this time again the the, the double engine Suzuki V6 X SX4. Uh, uh, yep, the thing he's had for the last. Yeah, in general, really yep. good, and it's actually there on on 1080p because it was actually sponsored by GoPro. Those little oh, yeah, those, in yep. Now they okay, sure they're doing 1080p. So 1080p viewers, Tekton 920 by 108 pixels, yep. but. It, yeah, the quality third. the quality of that resolution is always going to be dependent on on the size of the CCD, the charge couple device that the camera has got. It, it's 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 not that big, right? But it's still okay, and it's a very very good bit of video. Where it starts off bitumen, goes to dirt, goes back to bitumen. So, and pretty much because uh, in a couple of years' time, the entire run will just yeah. be completely. Is that my phone? Or no, it's mine. Uh, um, in, 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 in the whole run from top to bottom, the whole um, uh, 19.9 kilometres will be bitumen. So we, we're starting to see the last bit where right. they are running um, a bit of dirt. Okay, so, is there, so does that mean there was more bitumen this year than there was last year, and that's why he's cracked the 10 minutes? Uh, I can't be sure of that because right. I haven't seen what's going on. But okay. we need to be in touch with Tim McNeely yeah, because, McNeely, uh, yeah, Tim and, and in fact, we'll, we'll see if we can get him on Scott because he'd be over there and he will have been there. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give it a, a go in a bit and see what's going on. Um, uh, coming up, British British Grand Prix. Yes. Um, so interesting things that have uh, been announced in the last uh, last few days that from two thousand and fourteen. Uh, they're going to dump the the 2.4 litre V8 engines mm-hmm. in favour of 1.6 litre V6s with the energy recovery system. But that was yeah, compromised because it was supposed to be a four cylinder originally, and all the teams kicked up. Well, I, I mean, because it was going to break. But but yeah. hang on a minute. Remember that if you go back to the the Nelson PK uh, Alain Prost uh, days, yep. uh, or um, uh, they, they were running, they were running very very. Powerful. The BT55, unfortunate yes. car that uh, Elio Dianis yeah, yep. was killed in, in testing at Paul Ricard, um, were one and a half litre turbos. turbos. Yep. In fact, they ran so much boost, JP, that they actually, their cylinder head and the block were welded together so they couldn't blow a head gasket. Right. They just blow an engine. <laughs> so they were doing 12, 13, 1400 horsepower. So. What are, that was the hand grenade era, it, where, they, where they used to call them hand grenade it, engines for testing. It's very for interesting. Qualifying. It's very interesting what's going on. We're sort of like history's repeating itself, but we're going back to this to, to now a, a zone where um, um, engine management systems are, are really, really critical on, on how the how the how the cars perform. But I I can't, I can't wait to see it. And you know the the FIA had said, look. We, we want to have a 12,000 RPM limit on this car. Yeah. But but they managed to convince them. They go, hey, but we want 15. And they've gone, yep, you're going to have 15. Uh, oh, you 15, can have 15 and so six cylinders. So on a Fortnite. Yeah, on, 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 a, on a V6 engine. Yeah. But remember going back to 
to the when Renault first got in involved with uh, Jean Pierre Jabouy. Yes, uh, and they were running the Gordini engines. Well, they were Gordini branded on the covers, whatever that meant. There was a little there, like their AMG for Renault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and yeah, so mm. who knows? Who knows what sorts to go on from there? So, so, so was that two thousand and coming in in two thousand and fourteen? Right. So, so we have another couple three of years, years away. of transition. Yeah, to give them an opportunity to do that. And who knows? As we can expect, all that crap will change. Oh, so, for sure. That's it. Well, I saw International have been busy uh, sending out a few uh, press releases for the uh, Delta. I haven't got a damn thing from you. Well, for the Delta Wing? For nothing. I haven't no. seen a damn thing. Project? No, nothing. Oh, well, there was, there was a Q&A. Well, it wasn't really a Q&A with Dan Gurney, but it was basically a bit of background and uh, a bit of background about the car, um, some good online links to, um, to what's going on. So uh, that all seems to be moving forward. They're apparently um, in the build stage now, so there will be a car, uh, you know, some, suddenly everything's moving from um, scale drawings and uh, uh, virtual testing in wind tunnels and things to, uh, to real, the real deal. So um, good on them for that. And I think that's uh, going to be very, very good to see and, and a real credit to the guys that when we were just talking right then about the rover turbine um you know you're going to see that that odd ball entry again in the in the end of the, the garage so uh good on you paulie hopefully you're listening who have we got now well it's funny that mark bryant should ring in right when we're doing radio hot lap i mean he must have some interesting information from afar what what have you got to tell us mark well, I'm just sitting here in Melbourne because it's a cold winter's night, and I'm watching Speed TV, the best NASCAR crashes. <laughs> the best NASCAR crashes. That's pretty good. Wait, uh, you're, you're on episode 186 of Radio Hot Laps. So Seth, you've just rung in randomly. Uh, mate, uh, just... just yeah. Tell us what's going on, Dan, your neck of the door. Oh, you know, some motorsport news. I'll give you a hot tip on motorsport, what's happening. Okay. Ford, Ford Australia are going to run three Rangers, the new model Ranger, in the Dakar Rally this year. Mm. In, oh, really? They're doing, a world, they're doing a worldwide launch of the, the new models between the current Ranger and the, you know, the F-150 truck. That wouldn't have cut... And so, so they're running in the actual race. They're not running as like support crew or anything. They're doing it basically what Volkswagen have done. Three competition vehicles. Right. Big scoop. Now, no one in the country knows. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> in, other, in other words, tell everyone. <laughs> That's just a scoop that I know. And it's actually a Melbourne-based guy who's got the gig. And John Hart knows who he is. I, I, I can't mention anything about him. Uh, we can't say any names. Can't say any names. But that's interesting, Mark. I, look, look, we need to get a bit of a Guernsey on the PR gig there because I think well, we I'm need. Working, to, I think I'm we need. Working on that. I'm, I'm actually negotiating getting myself on the on the crew. I'm trying to get on the crew to, to run. But the problem is the the funds are coming from the US, so very likely there's going to be a lot of competition of people in the US that want to go on the support side of things. 
Yes, I think. But uh, I'll just say that to you again, Mark. Uh, I, I, I need to be going on that again, on that trip. <laughs> Otherwise, those things might not turn up in your letterbox. Nothing has turned up in the letterbox still. Well, that's because you haven't given me the green light for the, this thing. <laughs> <laughs> You've been held to ransom again, Mark. Say that again, mate. It's hard to hear you. I said you're being held to ransom again. Well, that's unusual, Mr. Hart, to do that to anybody. Well, it is. You're right. I've never heard you do that before. <laughs> mate, what's going on in the world of tarmac rallying? Because you are the expert at tarmac rallying. Tell the viewers what's happening. Well, it's all a bit quiet because it was turned into winter mode. And um, the latest update I had recently was that um, they're trying to... But that's that's really good, isn't it, Mark? That the fact that we now have a national championship for the tarmac tarmac uh, concept uh, certainly it's taking um, uh, what was uh, the late the sort of the. Um, the Mount Buller concept, certain Mount Buller's being used, that Classic, classic Adelaide, Adelaide and the resurgence of Classic Adelaide combined with Rest Point uh, uh, Rally and Target Tasmania could be a little bit Tasmanian-centric, but the fact that we actually have a national championship going on here, you know, this is sort of good because historically we've seen, Mark, that over a few years... You know, people fall by the wayside. <laughs> no one gets along with anyone for very long in motorsport, so it seems. Um, perhaps things can change. Well, what it, what it will affect in a major way, which surprised me in that move, was that, the, you know, I'm, I'm a favourite for the muscle cars, and by changing the rules back, it's going to limit lots of very competitive guys like Callanan and um, Lenny Kappa and these guys. They won't be able to run their cars anymore because they don't, they don't fit the... Um, well, what sort of cars were they running, Mark? Well, they, well, they, they run modified, you know, Mustangs and these types of things and the Panteras, which are heavily modified vehicles with, you know, different size wheels, ratios, um, four-wheel discs, all the safety components. Well, under the Cans rig, those cars are not allowed to run in a you know, sort of a compact or modified, um, modified wrapper, you know? They, they just don't let them do it under Cans. They stop all that. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't that. Become, I think what you're going to find is those, those tarmac events are going to become very much sort of E-Valley, Subaru, modern vehicles. That's all you're going to see competing now. But, but, but that's not what people want to see. I mean, what, what, what's the problem here? Is it that, that CAMS is worried that, you know, or was CAM, sorry, was, was CAMS sanctioning uh, Classic Adelaide? I mean... Yeah, they will, because now you see, because CAMS has now gone back, and now they've got Classic Adelaide, the new Classic Adelaide back, because that's, um, that's under Mark, Mark Perry's umbrella at Silverstone Events. So the same thing's going to happen there, but they're saying that Classic Adelaide is only going to be old cars, no modern cars. 
Yeah, well, like, you know, but that might give rise, Mark, to, uh, to fresh competitors. And in fact, um, after the Nürburgring uh, 24 hour where uh, Nasser Alatia, who, who was the winner of, uh, of, of Dakar, uh, this year in the, uh, in the, in the Touareg, uh, up against, uh, Saints, actually uh, was unable to come to an agreement with Chris Nissen, who's a very hard-assed player, the boss of uh, VW Motorsport, and uh, had said, look, we're not going to provide you with a factory car for you to defend your title. Well, I mean, this is a guy that's coming in with uh, significant uh, money from the Middle East. Uh, his sponsor, Bawa, has um, gone and said, well, what do you want to do? He's gone, hang, hang it. I'm going to go and do WRC. So it looks like uh, NASA, uh, who's a very nice guy I met last year, uh, this time last year at, uh, at, um, uh, 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 Nürburgring 24 hour, looks like he'll be driving the WRC round, uh, in a Ford, uh, Fiesta. Probably not the Focus. Um, I don't think they because it's being phased out. Or perhaps even one of the mini countrymen. Or rather, he would actually use one of the mini countrymen to run uh, the, the 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 Dakar event because Dakar itself clashes with the Monte Carlo opening WRC round. So he's already said that he can't do that, JP. Uh -huh. But um, but super nice guy. We well, could see. Comment on the phone, John. If you think about that comment with Ford, I wonder what Ford are going to do for their three-gun drivers to run in the Dakar. They're going to want experienced people, they want massive exposure because this is a worldwide launch of the vehicle and they want to be up there. So they might be buying some of these gun drivers that are connected to Ford, who knows? Yeah, good point. Look what I was getting at is we may get we may get to see someone like, like NASA come down and spend some time and race around here in Australia because he's definitely he definitely loved the opportunity when we talked about it last yeah, year. Yeah. And um and a super nice guy can, can be uh, nothing but, but positive stuff for the sport. Mm -hmm. And actually, well, you know, um, cousin, cousin Pat was at um, the Dubai uh, Dakar sort of similar event, but it's called the uh, EAU uh, Desert Rally that they run, and all those guys were at that event. That was, he was there about two months ago. He was, um, he was invited to do some support work there for the organisers. And all those guys were there in the event, so they're all gearing up to do the back again. Yeah, good. All right. We'll keep you informed, and thanks for ringing in tonight, mate. That's fine, guys. I'm going off the pictures. I'm going to go and see um, Hangover 2. Oh, I thought you might be going to see Cars 2. <laughs> That's fine. See you, guys. Ciao, Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. All right. That's good for Mark to ring in. Um, yeah, what? A couple of other things before we move off motorsport into tech time. Um, I, I mean, I... I've mentioned this before, but the crusher is taking over the world, <laughs> and, and I, I am I, I am concerned. I am concerned, right? That you know when anyone when anyone tries to take over the world, you know what happens? Yeah, it always turns to shit. And we love crush. Yeah, so we do. I'm a little bit concerned, but nonetheless. Oh well. Because you've got multiple incoming signals colliding, and you can't yeah. have all those brands and you know, wish you all the best. We'll Crush, you're all cool. Yeah. And um, blah, 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 blah. Um, is that it? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, because we, there's not really too much news about um, Townsville yet. So tech time. Must be tech time. Because we're on FCPX Final Cut Pro 10. Look, um, I'm not going to be critical about it, but um, uh, 
other than I'm not a video editing kind of guy, but there's been a lot of negative energy going on about this in the last in the last week or so. Well, they have. So, so Apple decided to provide Final Cut Pro X as a download only, forgetting about the Apple Channel component, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. which you're involved in. What they probably did, and, and they made it, it's really hard to sort of go. Has Apple made a mistake? Because I'm not going to go down that path where everyone else seems to be going. I go, this is a new concept. Get on board with it and have a go at it in parallel with your Final Cut Pro 7 solution. Like, why would any company which is running major functionality... Yes change instantly on a download to the new workflow. No one would do that. Well, apparently, they would bring it in, they would test it and go, what is exactly. it work? And that, and there's lots of different commands and things, apparently. Yeah, but it's, it, the yeah, interface has changed but dramatically. JP, JP, and everyone, the rubbish you're hearing online is all, oh, it's shit, it's the worst thing ever. Hey, your workflow is working for you. Yeah. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They're trying something new and give it a go. Yeah, there's, there's some glaring holes, apparently, mm. from a professional standpoint. But I can see Apple's point of view. And, and then someone made a, a classic statement going, look, hey, they're prepared to piss off 5,000 professionals to get 5 million consumers. Yeah. But, but hang on. Yeah. And that's just a quote from someone who blah, blah, blah. But, but, you know, where's the middle ground? I go, okay. What, what 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 business would would suddenly upgrade everything and change it? Of course, they'd, yeah, maybe. they'd, they'd go and they'd run a parallel development suite and test this stuff. Okay, EDLs, the edit decision lists don't come in the XML format. No, they don't do multi camera support. Yeah, they're going to do that. Okay, it's and again, as everyone's saying, it's a classic case of Apple that they, they you know they they. They innovate, but they piss people off. Yeah, no, I don't know. But, I don't have a problem with it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, because I'm not in the video editing. True, and, and nor am I, and nor are most of my clients. Although we do have some clients, and in fact, when it was announced and we had a couple of upgrade versions in stock, we actually sold them the same day because people went, "No, nah, I've already seen what it does. I don't like it, and I'm running behind." So. I'll upgrade to that, and I can use that for the next couple any, of years. Any any company that just so, goes and does an FCP. <coughs> 10 upgrade, FCP X upgrade, I mean, they're mad. I mean, because how do you do that? You've got to run in parallel. You go, learn from it. Mm. They're, they're, what they're trying to do is it, Apple innovates. It's a company that goes, I'm going to throw stuff out there that you've never had before. Magnetic timelines. Whoa, what is all that? I, I've never experienced that. It's, it's unfamiliar to me. I uh, came in from yesterday when I was working in FCP7 <laughs> and now I'm doing magnetic timelines in FCPX. Uh, oh, it doesn't work for me. Learn it in parallel, yeah. transition, and third-party providers will be starting to get involved. And we're seeing, JP, as you would well know, in the last few days, that um, Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt cables yep. are starting to, and Promise drives are starting to arrive and things like that. They're yep. appearing on the Apple Store. And these cables actually have like really quite uh, clever discrete electronics in each end of the cables which are making sure that the attenuation that is the drop in transfer of data between uh, one end of the cable and the other is maintained transmission receiving mechanisms 
um, are, are, are cabling the transfer right up there. So we're, we're a little bit of a... It's in one of those evolutionary stages. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I, I think it's a bit, it's a bit tough um, for people to give, give it a... Um, Give it a, yeah, a hard call. You know what I did? People don't like change. It's the old story. You're quite right. No, I don't like moving house. Yeah, well, that's, well there you go. Perfect but you example. know what I did? I went and downloaded Motion. Mm-hmm. Because I thought Motion 5 for 60 bucks or whatever it was. Because I, 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 I can do my editing and stuff in, in iMovie and stuff for the level. But I can't do really cool titlings and this yep. and that. And man, it's unbelievably cool. <laughs> so... There you go. It, it works. And, and export modules that, yeah, you compress it, does all that. So that's just my little little bit of it's tech tough. there. And there's there's plenty of stuff coming. But it's very early days. How many times have we seen this before? You know, fire, what is all that? <laughs> well, MySpace. What's happening? MySpace is <laughs> News Limited have uh, flogged it. It's gone. I don't know to who, but for a hell of a lot less than they paid for it. I'll tell you who they sold it to. One of the major buyers is Justin Timberlake. <laughs> what? Is that right? Supposedly. Supposedly. Well, so we'll see what so. happens there. But obviously, I mean, it's dived because into the Because they decided. They have decided. See, Justin Timberlake's the kind of guy that could probably give a little bit of a sort of a hand-on-dick sort of, like, let's, let's make it funky again, yeah. sort of stuff. Well, and, and, yeah, and the same thing that happen. Google's released, Google Plus, yep. uh, which is their incarnation of what they think may be um, you know, a social media. Look, it's a very interesting it's a very, a very interesting time because Google is on the back foot here feeling that they need to be part of this social media platform. Personally, I'm, I'm unconvinced. It, it's all I'm unconvinced too because I think it's just going to be another fad that comes and goes. And if you it, you wouldn't get any sleep if you lived in California, but back here in South Australia, we get disseminated information. By the time it gets to us, yeah, we know what's going on. So. <laughs> that's, yeah. true. that's true. Oh, some sad news. What we what you hear from afar was that. Poor old Nathan Tinkler's Ferrari, California, a rare yes. one, was stolen and torched mm. in the in the forests north of uh, of uh, Newcastle. Very naughty. If you did it, you're a very bad person. <laughs> That's just just terrible stuff. It was uh, California. Yeah. yeah. Very very sad. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's just just nasty, spiteful behaviour, and. Um, and apparently they were all. Like he's a he's a stalwart. He's he's, yeah. he's he's behind. He's a sporting god. Oh, so that's really. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah. Yeah. When have you ever heard that someone else gets a Ferrari torched? Well, and well, he's stolen in the first place. Apparently, while they were all asleep in the house, they Ferrari being torched, stole the keys, drove it away, and then torched it in the forest. Well, you so, don't make money without making enemies, but on the other hand, mm. that's just nasty. Yeah, it is. It's horrid. Not good. That's really cool. All right. Well, JP, uh, I think we we better shut down for the evening. You need to just. I already did. I've turned it down. I've turned it around because it was actually your oven actually cooks very unevenly. So uh, we'll get there. Interesting. Interesting. Bit like my (laughs) behaviour. Well, back to front. Good night, viewers. Good night.
Yeah, we can do it, eh?